quiet, please. Now on the tee, two happy golfers. Grip it and rip it. Get in the hole. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, listeners, to the Two Happy Golfers podcast, where we're going to review the recent US PGA Championship. Joining me as usual, good mate Dave. How are you, Dave? Mate, fantastic. What a weekend. I thought you'd be happy, mate. Your man Brooks. (laughs) Your boy Brooks got up. I was losing my mind Monday morning here in Sydney. Yeah, I can imagine. Good on you. (laughs) Everyone was sending me messages like, oh, you must be loving what you're watching on TV. I was like, you bloody bet you I am. This was, that was fantastic to see. I can't believe it. Oh, yeah, mate. It was an awesome win. Good on him. You know, like he just grows another leg in the majors and it's his third PGA. Um, yeah, he went about it so awesomely. It was in the news or he made a comment in regard to his his attempt to win the Masters, how he tried to just hang on and not go out there and win it. Um, changed his mental attitude for the fourth round of the PGA and got the job done. Well, that's it. I think, I think the Masters, well, I mean, it would have hurt anyone going into the last round. And they're not getting it done. So to change the mentality and to keep playing this week was just, yeah, so cool. And it was a, it was a great final round too, the way it sort of didn't get – it wasn't a walkover, but it was quite interesting to still watch. Even though he had the lead the whole way, it was still quite interesting to watch the whole thing play out. Oh, definitely, mate. There was plenty of takeouts from the last round. But um, let's start with the first round. Um, let's review the first round. What's what's your takeout from the first round? What did you get out of it? Well – this, the big surprises that I thought were like, you know, Jason Day, they said he, he didn't have a practice round because he had the win the week before, shoot six over in the first round. Yeah. 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 That just goes to show preparation is the key. Yeah, exactly. And then a big surprise again, like I thought, you know, John Rahm was going to uh, play pretty well here and he shoot six over also. Yeah. And you know what? The conditions didn't change too much from the morning to the afternoon two times, I didn't think. Um, so there was no great advantage there. They talk about getting the draw, the afternoon-morning draw uh, for the two days, but I don't think much changed for the first round. No, that's it. And, like, yeah, it was probably the main take. The main day was the third day. That was a weather-changing day. But, yeah, I think the other three days were pretty similar morning to afternoon for sure. Yeah, yeah, so Scotty Scheffler shoots 67, um, bogey-free round, his first bogey-free round of a major. Yeah, that so was pretty cool. And then you think, one, here we go again. Yeah, put him one behind Bryson. I think Bryson just came out and tried to overpower the course like he normally does and, you know, it seemed to work in the first round. So the the rough, I'm going to call it the cabbage, wasn't, you know, it just got thicker and thicker. Um, but in the first round, he came out early, um, was obviously hitting the ball really well but got the better of the greens with the you know early tee time. I, mean, I think the difference was, mate, he was hitting probably pitching wedge out of some of that rough where other guys would have been hitting eight irons, you know. So um, did you see he cleaned up a club pro with a wild <laughs> tee shot? Club pro Kenny Pigman um, and Bryson's comment was, well, he shouldn't have been there. I don't know what he meant by that. but not, Apparently you know. he's a bit, a bit wild though. Like he doesn't call out four or anything. He did it. Uh, in one of the other days, and they're like, he's just in the trees there, and Bryson's just pumped it over him. Yeah, right. I didn't yeah. say that. Yeah, apparently but, um, he's a bit. It's just all about me. Two different golfers. So Bryson hits another golfer. Um, 
I'm not even sure if he even apologised. Um, Joel Damon hit a spectator, and normally when you hit a spectator, you sign a glove and give it to him. And not Joel Damon. Joel Damon, what a top bloke, mate! Oh. I want to get hit. I want to get hit by Joel Damon. He give the guy a hundred bucks to go and buy beers. How good was that? <laughs> what a story that was. And and if you watch the Netflix series, you start to get a bit of an insight to Joel Damon, and it's just the type of bloke he is. And you think, wow, how cool is that? Joel Damon's just paid for my beers for the day. Oh yeah, what a top bloke. I'd just follow him just in case I get hit by him. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Run out in the middle of the fairway. You got me. You got me. <laughs> Give me a hundred. Uh, my other takeouts, mate, was uh, Tom Kim in the mud. Oh. Just... <laughs> I don't know what happened there. How did he get so dirty? Like, I well, know it's muddy there. I thought but... he was going in to identify his ball and see if he could play it. So he could obviously see it. And he went in to identify it and hopefully play it out to save a shot. You do anything in a major to save a shot. <laughs> And uh, I think it was just a bit softer and a bit boggy than he expected. And as soon as he stepped in, he sunk to his knees in mud. Well, I and, don't know. Oh, sorry. And he, he asked the caddy to come in and help him. And the caddy goes, well, what if I get stuck in there? <laughs> I'm not coming in there. You know? like, like when you get a car bogged. And you're like, you, you pull me out. Oh, now we're both bogged. <laughs> yeah. So um, he spent the next 10 minutes after he got out, uh, rolled his pants up, went into the lake, into the water part of it, and started washing himself off. <laughs> So. <laughs> well, I don't know if you saw just um sorry, uh Jordan Spieth's ball went in the same spot and he went to walk in too and he could feel the ground sort of start to get soft and then he ran back out. He's like, Oh no, 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 I can't get it. Yeah, no, I didn't yeah. see that, but yeah, it would have been funny if two of them uh, had done it. <laughs> but the, what, mate, where do you reckon those pans are? Straight in the bin? Oh, how bad would they smell? Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> Dry cleaner or all in the, the clean, bin. The, the bin guys probably or the person thinking, what happened to these pants? Big night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and unfortunately, the Aussies, you talk about Jason Day, but Adam Scott was on a tear all the way to the 18th hole where he, he made a double and uh, finished at two under. Was looking really good. Um, uh, he was striping his driver. You know, he was he was hitting it good. He was, he was putting it pretty good. And um, just unfortunate, you know, made a double on the last. To it was unlucky. Drop a couple of shots, yeah. yeah. You were, you were just just before we get into round two as well. You were saying like, you know, the rough and the cabbage and stuff. What did you sort of think of the rest of the course? though? did you like it? Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I, you know, go to some of the holes and uh, as we spoke about it in the in the preview, but it was going to be about the guy that drove the ball the straightest, found the fairway. There was premium for hitting the fairway, obviously, um, and then hitting it in the right spots on the green. We'll get to some of that during the other rounds, but. There were opportunities to score, you know, like green light, green light holes, and there were definitely some red light holes where you needed to just put it in play. Um, and there's a couple of different ways that some of the guys played some of those holes, which was quite interesting, and we'll talk about that. Um, predominantly the 14th, the risk-reward hole, you know, the couple of different guys went different ways about that and you know, got same results or I just, sometimes different results, you know. Yeah, I would have liked to seen the course have striped fairways. I think the 50-50 shaded fairways... I don't know. It just doesn't look championship to me. What do you think? No, mate. I, I enjoyed it. It was you could see the definition, you know, between the cabbage and the fairway. That was the biggest thing for me. Just to be able to see definition on the on the thing, um, whether they're striped or not striped. I'm not that concerned. Oh, sorry, yeah, that's right. You, we went through this last time. What gets you excited? and What gets me excited? Two different things. <laughs> so round two, round two. This this was um, was good. Uh, round two, similar conditions as we spoke about. But Brooks, this is where he came out of the field, um, shoots 66, round of the day, you know, put him back in the in the hunt at minus mm-hmm. two for the end of it, you know, and then there was guys that were just struggling to make the cut. So Jordan Spieth, you got a little bit about Jordan Spieth. We're talking about the 14th. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, well, I mean, just 
all about sort of hanging in there to make the cut. They sort of knew halfway through the round what the cut was going to be. And I just thought like, you know, he bogeys, bogeys 11, doubles 12. Uh, sorry, he bogeys 11, then double bogeys 12, and then bogeys 14. You know, after hitting it in the, that greenside bunker and then just, did you see that where he just skulls it straight out of bounds? Yeah, it was a tough shot. He, you know, like it was right up the up the lip of the bunker. He was trying to get under it and just thinned it a little bit and gone. But it was a tough shot. Um, and again, like you know, one of my pet hates is bunkers and the fact that the ball doesn't finish in the bottom of the bunker. Some of these places will yeah. even get into the bunker sometimes. So, you know, that hole was unbelievable because you know I saw um, it was Brooks drove it into the face and Bryson drove it into the face of that bunker, didn't quite carry the green, didn't go in the bunker, and they both finished on the face of that bunker in the long grass. And um, both of them hit cracking little chip shots out of there to a foot and a half from the hole, you know, to make their birdies. Um, So, yeah, it was about sort of missing it in the right spot. And I guess, you know, Jordan, you could probably say he was unlucky there not to finish more into the bottom of the bunker. Yeah. He took a big swing at it, though, but, yeah, that's what you got to do when you're sort of on an awkward stance too, don't you? You don't really know how it's going to come out, and obviously he just caught a lot of ball and just whoop. Caught a lot of ball. She was over the fence, gone. Exactly. And then he, then he had to drop it in a similar spot, yeah. um, and he played <laughs> but, a pretty good shot. But the thing I took about here is I haven't seen Jordan speak like that. He was getting pretty upset, and Grella was talking to him, like, just calm down. Like, you know, we've still got a chance here. So he goes on, he bogeys that hole, and then – um, yeah, so he's outside the cut line now. So then he's got to sort of reset, thinking he's only got, you know, what is it, four holes left to try and get back inside the cut line to make the weekend. Birdie's 15. Like what a, what a sort of turnaround that is to sort of think. Yeah, and that's where I think a good caddy comes into play where it's just, mate, let's just stop, reset, and let's go back to what we're doing. We're yeah. a good player. We can keep going here. Like we've got steady holes to make birdies on, and the back nine was a few chances to make birdies. So, you know, for him – and like what happened last year, you make the weekend, you've still got a chance. No one was shooting the lights out. So if he just made the cut, geez, a 66 and a 66 would have been pretty good too. Obviously, it didn't happen, but, you know, anything can happen on the weekends. Yeah, look at um, Justin Thomas the year before, you know, mm-hmm. made made it on the cut line and came out and won it, you know what I mean, on the weekend. so But um, he didn't really have too many more chances on the back nine, and that's what he was probably kicking himself about was 15 was his only real chance to make a birdie in a short pass three. And then you go 16, 17, 18, we're playing pretty tough all weekend, um, all week really. Uh, so, yeah, they were tough holes. They bit a lot of people in the butt, those three holes, finishing holes. So mm-hmm. he probably thought himself he's, he's just blown it, you know what I mean, at, at one cool. point there. And, yeah, Grella did a great job to get him back into it. And the whole the, whole the putt that he hold on 18 uh, for oh, the par well, was, a, was a ripper. Yeah, well, him and Justin Thomas, two, like I'd say, what, about eight, ten feet? Yeah, ten footers. You know, yep. These have to go in to make the weekend, and that and you could see because I think they're playing both behind each other, and you could see the way they were reading the parts. Like, no, this is it. Do or die. This part. I need to make this. The cut line's not going to move, and they just to sink them both. That was that was pretty cool to watch. Like that's a a pressure moment inside. What what else is happening? Like, yeah, they're not in the lead, but. This is to keep playing the weekend. Yeah, the game within a game we keep talking about. The game within a game, you know, what's what's the goal? The goal was to make the cut once they're at that point and then anything can happen from there. Um, whereas Fitzy, Matt Fitzpatrick, he three-putted the last to miss the cut by one. Mm-hmm. You know, didn't hit a great second shot in there, had about a 45-footer, knocked it eight-foot past and just didn't get the comebacker and, and he misses the cut. 
you know, and he he knew the number was was plus five, so you could see it on his face as soon as he hit it. He's like, "Oh, I'm gone. I'm out. Done." Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, let's what get about, on to what about Jason Day though? Like he's grinding all day inside the cut line, then misses a two foot on seventeen. And then you're like, "Well, that's it." Misses a two footer and then makes a triple. I think up the last or <laughs> you know, to, and misses by three. So yeah, got to eight over, and just unfortunate. You know, and again, probably that practice round that he missed out on that didn't put him in good stead at the start of the week. You know? Yeah. Um, so the notables, talk- the notables I had there to miss the cut was you know, Matt Fitzpatrick, Ricky Fowler, Cam Young, and Jason Day. And my pick, Sanjay yes. M. Sanjay M. We picked well this week, didn't we? Yeah, I'm picking Scotty Scheffler for the next major because <laughs> uh, I want to see him miss the cut. <laughs> that's, about, that's about how good my picks are going. Should we talk about yeah. Michael Block making the cut now or should we talk about him later? Absolutely. We'll talk about Michael Block, and that was his goal. So, again, game within a game. You know, he hasn't gone out there to think he can win the PGA. His goal was to make the cut and represent PGA professionals mm-hmm. um, and did it in style, did it inside the top 10 to make the cut at even par, two even par rounds, and he'd have been – well, he was absolutely stoked with that, you know. Oh, exactly. And the fa- I loved how the fans were embracing it. Once they sort of got hold of him on the – well, after the cut day, really, like when they knew he was going to make the cut, the fans the la- the next two days were just going crazy for him. Yeah, he was the only PGA professional or non-touring PGA professional to make the cut. Yeah, so that's it. He, he picked up that gong straight away after two rounds. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and then to his credit, you know, he, he, he played an even par round again the third day and I think it was – Tied equal ninth or something. There was only seven guys under par after round three. Um, you know, so all of a sudden, he again, I'm not sure he thought he could win it being that far back, but then he, all of a sudden he sets his goals on, okay, hang on, top 15 make the PGA for next year without having to qualify, and top four would get me to the Masters. So Yeah, exactly. And I think that's a big thing. So there's one thing, okay, I want to make the weekend, right? So he's done that. And he could have easily, okay, I've made the weekend. I've done what I want to do. I'm going to be the lowest PGA player here, and I could just have 80 tomorrow. But for him to keep it going and shoot 70 again the next day, that's like, well, this guy's this guy's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Because they started getting momentum of him, started realizing he's playing well, and he could have gone, oh, I can't handle this. This is too much for me. And he played with some names. Like round three, he played with Justin Rose. <laughs> You know, he was so loving it. Justin Rose caught fire there for a second, um, got it to three under in the third round, and Michael Block was rooting for him at one stage, going, "Come on, mate, keep making putts." And he, he I think they, he put the earbuds in. So yeah, the, our favourite. He, he didn't get the earbud curse, <laughs> no. so they waited until after the cut to put the earbuds in somebody this year. Yeah. So he was already on. You know, figured we'll give it to this guy. It won't hurt this guy if he bombs out from here. He's already a hero. We'll give him the earbuds and see how he handles it. Mate, how about, with these. How about them picking the shortest hole to bloody, oh, can we earbud you on this hole where you hit an iron off the tee? Yeah, I was going to say, Andy hit an iron. <laughs> so he had the shortest walk as well to, you know, halfway through a conversation, he's at his ball and Rosie's tried to drive the green and he's in the greenside bunker waiting for Michael to play before he could play. He's looking back going, mate, what's going What's going on? It's taking so long. I've got the earbuds in, mate. They won't Wait, stop Rose, talking. Don't you know who I am, mate? I'm nearly beating you, all right? Just you relax. <laughs> and and then he turns around and says, well, he's got the earbuds in. He goes, I was going to knock this up here and make a putt for Birdie and try, and try and make a couple more birdies to catch up so I can play with Rosie again the next day. Mate, he flew it, just caught the cabbage on the front side of the green and makes it onto the green by six inches and rolls the putt in 
uphill putt and gives himself an uphill putt for the birdie. Justin Rose has come out of the bunker, I think missed the putt, so he's, you know, made par and, and again, the 14th, risk-reward. Mm-hmm. So Rosie's gone for the green, hit it in a bunker, didn't get the greatest lie. You're not going to get the greatest lie in the bunkers or on the cabbage, you know what I mean? So it is risk-reward. For me, how would you have played that hole with that front pin? I know how so, I'd have played it. So this is this is round three, right? And, yeah, I was I was thinking this because, yeah, okay, you can drive it down there, but then you then you kind of short-side yourself, I, I, thought, I thought, with that pin there right at the front. So I think I'd pick a number, break the hole in half, and give me a full wedge in. So I, I don't know how far it was, but yeah, I'll just, that's how I do. I want to be 100 out so I can hit a full wedge, middle of the green, and maybe suck it back a bit. Yeah, absolutely. But you were just seeing people go for drivers, and you're thinking, okay, if you, I don't think that day they could get it on the green. I don't think many people got it on the green, but if, say, you did, it's going to roll to the back of the green. So it's not really, it's all a downhill putt. Yeah. And the, the cabbage was wet, you know, mm-hmm. like and clingy and sticky, and, you know, the bunkers were wet, you know, so. Yeah, I, I think I'd have played it the way he played it, and that was the way Victor Hovland played it. He, he after he nearly hit his out of bounds in the second round, <laughs> I think he's break. thinking, well, this club won't go that way, so I, I should be right now. Yeah, but he just laid up four iron, wedged it to, I think, almost the same spot as um, Michael Block and, and made the putt for a, a birdie as well. So yeah. it was interesting to see different players take that on, that hole. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was surprised in the fourth round that Brooksy took it on with the driver. Um, oh, what a shot that was, though. But he was the only guy that hit a draw up there. Every, everyone else was trying to hit a high cut so it would stop on the green and didn't even make the green. So even Rory, who's one of the longer hitters, Bryson, they're trying to hit a big high cut up there, overcut it, spinning sideways, not going to get there um, and bury itself down in the bunker or the cabbage, whereas Brooksy pretty much hit a straight little baby draw, um, lands it middle of the green and trickles to the back. You know, easy two-putt birdie. Mm-hmm. No, exactly, mate. We're jumping ahead. We're moving too many... Rounds ahead. Sorry, so, mate. Before we get off Michael Block, right, this will be – you're going to love this, all right? So you had your whole thing with your glove last week on what you do with your necks and stuff. So he wrote on his ball all week, and I love this stuff too. His motivation stuff, I love it. So he writes on his ball, why not? Absolutely why not. Like imagine looking down at your ball and going, why not? Mate, I've done it. I've done it. Yes, I, you know, round one, I shot 70. Why not? Go again. Why not? Why can't it be me? Absolutely. I love that. That's awesome. Oh, mate. I'm thinking, why not? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? how cool. Like, I'm a big sort of, you know, if I'm making it, going for a part, every time I make a, or go for a part, I'm like, you can make this. Let's just go try and do the best you can to make this part. Oh, or before I'm about to hit a tee shot, that's what I want to do. Let's just do that. So seeing this motivation stuff right in your face, man, I guess you're going. Yeah, well, I think it just frees you up. Yeah. You know, you know, frees you up, takes away the mental thought of, oh, don't do this, don't do that. Just why not? Just go and hit it. Why not? You know, you know? and when I heard that, I thought, oh, Todd's going to love that. You know, like, yeah, and sometimes it gets away from you and you sort of forget, but if it's in your face the whole time, you just can't forget and you're just thinking, you know, it doesn't become white noise. It's just, it's always there and you think, well, yeah, that, this is why I'm here. This is what I'm doing. So let's do it. Maybe it's my week. Why, yeah, exactly. Why not? Yeah, exactly. why can't it be my time? Yeah, yeah. So I thought you'd but, like that. Um, yeah, I love it. And yeah. mate, he looked like a happy golfer. He did every didn't time. He? Yeah, absolutely. I, I loved him. Like he's hitting shots, and they they're yelling at him, and he's like, "Who me? You talking to me? <laughs> Are they screaming for me? Yeah, like I'm yeah. playing with Justin Rose, and you're screaming for me, a nobody." 
<laughs> yeah, and then, and day four he played with Rory, and um, you know it, they said there was more cheers for Michael Block than there were for Rory, which yep. was unbelievable. And we'll, we'll and we'll get getting ahead of ourselves again. We'll come back to round four, but um, yeah, what a great story, Michael Block. You know, unbelievable. Um, so let's get on to round three. So Corey Connors was cruising, um, shoots a two under, bogey free, two under for the round um, until the sixteenth. He was cruising, and then. Jeez. Finds that bunker on 16. <laughs> and, I mean, we were talking and we, we didn't think he could hang on, and, but he just kept he just kept hitting him down the fairway. Like, is there a better golf swing than Corey Connors? I haven't seen him play too much, but then, you know, getting full coverage on him this weekend, I'm just thinking, wow, that just looks like butter, doesn't it? Oh, silky smooth. Like, yeah, absolutely. And he's like, you know, you look at Bryson – and obviously he smashes the ball, he pumps the ball, and that's that's cool. But it looks rigid, and that's fine. That that works for him. But just Corey Connors just looks like, and he's not hitting it. It's not like he's hitting it fifty meters short of him. He's still getting it out there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, he played with uh, Bryson in round four, but um, yeah, round three he was absolutely cruising. You know, um, admittedly he was. It wasn't the greatest conditions. They had the jump was on. The rain was on and off. Um, you know, I watched most of round three, and he was striping it off the off the tee, middle of the fairway. Every time they put the little target line up, and the track man tracked his ball straight towards the target, he just had it on a string. Um, and I think he just played a little bit conservatively with his irons. He seemed to be in the fat part of the green all the time, you know, 20, 25 feet. So it didn't make a great deal of putts, um, but no one was chasing him. Um, no one was making putts behind him, so he was playing smart golf, you know, smart targets, and then letting his putter try and do the work for him. And honestly, made a, a hell of a lot of stress-free pars, you know, um, with good lag putts or putts that he gave a chance to. And he was only ever having one, one or two foot tap-ins, mate. You know, it was it just looked easy. Um, and then all of a sudden, finds the bunker on sixteen. Um, you know. Can you, can you say he tried to bite off more than he could handle? I'm not sure. Um, the ball didn't get any higher than four inches off the ground. It was just a skull, I think. Just a thin? Yeah. Hit, you think? Just trying to pick it clean and he thinned it a little bit? And geez, um, the drop he got didn't, wasn't any good, was it? Oh, there was nowhere to drop. It, yeah. was ne- it was never going to be good. You know, like embedded ball, he was lucky he got the, the option of the embedded ball. Otherwise, you know, penalty-free drop. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good to know the rules. Uh, but, yeah, he, he was trying to go to the left, and the referee was saying, I think that might be closer to the hole. You'll have to come up this way, which was the high side. Um, yeah, and anything up there was not going to be any good, and, you know, it makes a double. So a bit unlucky. Um, held it together, parred the last two in, uh, just couldn't get it back. And then, uh, you know, to his credit, went into the day four, um, one shot behind Brooks, who stormed stormed in with another sixty six round of the day, four under. Just just back to round three though. Like, how about those morning conditions? Though weren't they atrocious? Like the oh, scoring absolutely. average was seventy two point six for that day. Absolutely. You know, um, we talk about playing in the rain. We've spoken about that before, but playing in the rain in that stuff, forget it. Mm. You're on a hiding to nothing. You know, so well, it was premium for hitting fairways. The, the big highlight for me that day, like I was watching it early in the morning, Terrell Hatton had 69 in those conditions. Yeah, that's great golf. You know, like, wow. And when, when 69, when the scoring average 72.6. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. 
yeah, that's a that's a sixty four in good. And conditions. I think that's sort of like what we're about to like. You know, you've got your handicap, and in those conditions, like when you have a rainy day and stuff, you can't sort of expect to shoot your handicap all the time in those conditions. Like you might have a blinder and do it, but yeah. But give yourself some give yourself some wiggle room, you know. Yeah, play to the oh. conditions and play for the conditions, and yeah, give yourself a chance. Going well, it's not my handicap round day because of the weather. Like I can shoot my handicap on a good day when it's not windy, but today it's windy, it's raining. Like give myself an extra two shots or three shots. That everyone else is playing those conditions. Yeah, here's here's a little tip. So when it's when it's those conditions, and your handicap might be two. Might be fifteen, might be eighteen, right? But have a look at your top um, eight rounds and pick your highest round. So if, if you're, for instance, my highest flag at the moment is um, a six point two, you know. So I don't need to play to three. If I can play to six, my, I'm gonna I'm gonna achieve something out of that day. My handicap's gonna balance and come down. Do you know what I mean? That's a good round. That's yeah, a great yeah. round. So. Give yourself a little goal. Give yourself a bit of grace, um, you know, and, and set it out that way. And, I mean, of course, start out trying to play to your handicap, but when conditions are tough and they're hard, you need to maybe reset your expectations and your goals and sit there and go, okay, well, what's what's my highest flag? What do I have to knock off for it to come down? Um, you know, and play play for that goal halfway through the day, halfway through yeah, the round. exactly right. Like, you know, some people think, oh, you're off two, so you've got to play to two every day, you know. But one of my highest rounds is probably six in my top eight. So if yeah. I just beat six, my handicap comes down, and that's all I want to do. And then if you start going on the first tee, you're, you're off two, but I'm off six today. Well, geez, I mean, it doesn't mean I'll beat six, but I've just gone, well, I've just given myself four more shots or, say, three more shots so I beat six. Well, geez, yeah. I'm playing off five today. That's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely, you know, and keep that in the back of your mind. Okay, my handicap today is five. It's not, it's not two. You yeah. know, the conditions are tough. I want to try and play as close as I can to my highest end, my highest flag so it comes down, beat my highest flag. That's the goal, and I've had a good day, you know, um, and it'll take the pressure off straight away, really. It, so you sort of say that, right? And I, I remember there was sort of a slump there where, you know, and, and my, it just plays mind games on you. So you, you get the five handicap, you couldn't break five, but then your handicap would go to seven and you could break five. Yeah, because yeah. you like you loosen up a little bit. You're like, oh, I got two extra shots. Oh, I get a hole, and I get a shot on that hole. So then you break a five. But then when you get down to five, you can't break five, and you're like, what's going on? But it's yeah, it's simply just like that. I reckon. Like if you look at your top eight and you go, okay, well that's my handicap for today. You might actually play better than your handicap too. You might go, all right, well I'm off six today, but I'm really off two, obviously. But yeah, and then you end up shooting even par. And you're like, well, I just my mindset sort of changed. Yeah, absolutely, and. Like my brother, for instance, he's got eight. He went home and got eight flags in a row. Was playing good golf, you know. So <laughs> his handicap comes down and comes down and comes down, and then all of a sudden, you know, he he's thirty six points. He's he's had thirty six points previously, but eight weeks later or two months later, you know, he's having thirty three points. But that's the same round. He's lost three. He's lost those three shots, you know. But he's consistently shooting with the same number now. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what we're trying to say. Consistency will bring your handicap down because you'll have days where that you'll have a good day, and you'll have, your bad days will get better. You know, like my, I mean, my highest uh, handicap in my twenty rounds, my highest played to I think is twelve point six. You know, yeah, that's a bad day for me. But 
that's the discrepancy. My best, I think, is two points, two point seven. So I go from two point seven as my best at the moment in my twenty rounds to to twelve point seven. That's a ten shot discrepancy. It sounds about fair, you know. Yeah, we can't play um, good all the time, unfortunately. No, that's twenty rounds over what three four months, whatever it might be. You know, you're not going to play good every week. Um, so give yourself some some grace and um, work on. You know, you you talk about it before, mate. Like uh, you, you'll start out and you might start out okay and then all of a sudden drop a couple of shots and then early in the back nine you've dropped a few more shots and then all of a sudden your goal changes to like just break 80. Mm-hmm. I want to break oh, that's 80. That's, big, my, that's my goal, break 80, you know. That's a big thing for me. Yeah, I just, yeah, if I don't feel it today or, you know, you, you kind of know after the first sort of four holes, okay, I don't have it. You know, I might have had two double bogeys or something early and you still want to play great. You don't just want to let the round go so your goals change. So you just, yeah, break 80. That's my goal on a bad day. I mean, breaking 80 is still a good score, but, yeah, on a bad day, that's my goal to break 80. Perfect, mate. If you get to having your 20 rounds and everything's under 10, you know, your highest highest, um, round is eight, and then you've had a pretty good 20 rounds, I reckon. Mm, You know, consistently breaking 80, it just makes it easier to get into the 70s. Anyhow, we'll keep going. So, And and that was the goal for Michael Block to make the cut, and it was the goal for Jordan Spieth to um, make the cut and – Justin Thomas to make the cut, you know what I mean? And then you reset your goal for round three and then reset your goals for round four. So let's get into the fourth round. Well, hold um, on, hold on. Before we, before we go into the fourth round, right, the third round. Now, I get sports. I get all that, right? Bryson and Brooks are playing together. They both get booed on the tee. How, how dumb would those people look now going, oh, I just booed one of the best players in the world, uh, one of the best players in the last five, ten years. Ridiculous, you know, like oh, whatever. You don't not into live. They're still awesome players. They've won majors. You know, one like Brooks winning five majors now. Like, yeah, I think they just got a bit carried away because they thought, oh, we're with our mates, we we got big balls, we'll do it. But I just thought that was pretty stupid. I didn't hear it the last two days, and then when you hear on the last day, they're all, oh yeah, go Brooks, we love you. You know what I mean? It's like, I bet you some of those guys that booed him on the first were cheering him on the eighteenth on the third day. Well, it's his fifth major, mate. He's just entered the Hall of Fame. So exactly. More majors than Rory McIlroy. Yeah, that's it. So, you know, like the poster boy of the PGA. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's ridiculous that people boo anybody in, in um, world-class sport. It's just crazy. Uh, but, you know, if you've got a rivalry against Liv or whatever it might be, just keep it to yourself. Oh, exactly. No reason to boo anybody. Um, but, yeah, it was. I think it may have helped Brooks playing with um, Bryson, you know, in that third round. Because they were going toe to toe there for a little bit, um, you know, and then round three, round four, sorry, he's paired with Victor Hovland, and I think um, I think you mentioned it to him to me previously. It was Brooks has got that mentality that I'm the best golfer in the world. I'm I'm better. I'm going to be better than Victor Hovland, um, the number one, or he's way back in John Rahm, the number two, Scotty Scheffler. He probably thought he's at you know, minus two or minus one, he's not going to catch me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got to shoot 62, too hard to do. Um, so I think he went out there with the, I'm the best golfer in the top three or four players. You know, I'm, I'm going to win this, you know what I mean? And, and he I've, pretty well proved it. Well, I've heard him, I can't remember how it goes, but I've heard him break down how he plays majors and how he sort of sees the field and why Jack Nicholas, I think, did the same sort of thing. And he actually sees majors as being easier than normal events. And the reason he said was, I can't remember the exact numbers, but it was like half the field 
is just going to not play well, right? So there's 60 out or whatever it is. 30 of them never played like a major before, so they're out. And then it was like, you know, and then it was, so then he said, I'm versing sort of 20, 30 people, you know, and then on the last day, Victor Hovland never won a major. Corey Connors never won a major. Like, so these people in unfamiliar territory and he's like, I know I'm the best golfer in the world or I'm a great golfer. That's what he says. And then, so he knows he's got the upper hand on that. So the way, I I can't really remember the numbers that he said, but the way you broke it down, you're like, geez, you're making it sound like you've only got to beat 10 guys. Well, he's almost right, mate. You mm, know? Exactly. So, and and obviously it's paid off for him, that mentality for majors, because you look at his record in majors and it's unbelievable. You know, he just, as we said, oh. just grows another leg. Yeah. You know, and he's kicking himself over not closing it out at Augusta, so he, he obviously made the most of the opportunity, put himself in the position again at mm. the PGA and, and said to himself, it's mine. I'm the best golfer here. No one's going to take it away from me. I'm going to go and win it. Yeah, you that's know? it. And I think, you know, maybe that was because, well, John Rahm, best player in the world, was there too. So he obviously, if it was maybe someone else, he might have thought he got the upper hand on him. But yeah, obviously the Masters didn't happen. But, mate, to get it the next month back, he's just like, well, yeah, I'm still great. Yeah, and playing in the same group, playing in group in threes instead of twos. So, you know, the the Augusta was um, a different story. You know, look, just the way things panned out with the weather and stuff like that was a little bit different to the PGA. But uh, just on round four, so he jumps out of the blocks, you know, birdies two, three, and four. And from that point there, you know, Connors was going backwards. Um, you know, Victor wasn't keeping up at that stage. Uh, it wasn't until Brooks then dropped a shot at six and seven that Victor made one up. and uh, But Brooks was still pretty much in control. So it became a match play between Brooksy and, and uh, Victor Hovland throughout most of that round. And to their credit, both of them, you know, I think there was a couple of times there where Victor had opportunity for a two-shot swing, didn't take it, um, and then, you know, the, the big swing came again at 16 when Victor found the bunker and it was pretty much <laughs> the end of the charge. He did the same thing as uh, Corey Connors, you know. How Scottish about sh- that? A replica oh. of what he did. Like, his ball would have been embedded right next to Corey Connors if, if it was on, yeah, if Corey Connors' ball was still there. Oh, yeah, it was unbelievable, mate. I mean, that's why I sit there and think, well, Two unbelievable golfers could not have got that shot so wrong in the same exact way. So there's either something going on with a bunker or something going on with, um, you know, the, the lie in there or club selection or whatever it was. But neither of them balls got within four inches off the ground um, and both, yeah, pretty much finished in the same spot from almost the same spot that we it hit was, from. It was just a strange one because – the bunker didn't look like it had a giant lip on it. It looked like just a normal bunker. So, yeah, I don't know what they were trying to do to – I think there was a tree a bit further down. I don't know if they had to loft it a little bit to get over that, but, yeah, it was just weird how they – It looked a little straight bit – Straight into the thing. To me, it looked a little bit downhill, like a little bit of a downhill lie in the bunker. So downhill right. to come up and try and pick it clean, couldn't get it heavy uh, to a raised green. It was just, just uncanny that it was the exact same shot, you know, and then he's – Got the same dilemma. Where do I drop? You know, well, got to drop it up on the hill, mate, up here. And again, same result. You know, same score. He made double, um, and he was gone. And at that time, Scotty Scheffler was in the house, um, or was coming to the house. Made the only putt he made in the weekend was on the 18th um, to be the clubhouse leader at 
I think it was um, seven, got it to seven yep. under. At that time, Brooksy birdie 16 to go to 10 under. Uh, but, yeah, you know, Scotty Scheffler, let's talk about Scotty Scheffler. He was, you know, I think he's a robot. He hits every fairway, hits every green, just couldn't get it in the hole. Um, just goes to show, you know, like he just didn't have the putting boots on. If he'd yeah, had that- putting boots on that he's had in other majors, he wins by about 12. Oh, exactly. And that's sort of been letting him down a little bit lately. I found that was letting him down the Masters. And yeah, it was, it's been a bit of his, he's, he's hitting greens, he's hitting fairways. But yeah, he's just not getting the ball in the hole. And he, he missed a few makeable putts, I thought. Oh, mate, his proximity to the hole was probably tighter than anyone else out there, you know, with his irons, but just couldn't get the ball to, to fall in. And um, some pretty big misreads, you know, they were. Calling them misreads on the on the TV, but uh, I'm not sure, mate. You know, like something he needs to sort out, obviously. Um, but um, yeah, so Brooks hangs on after he's yes. carved one up 17. So he gets the birdie on 16, gets to a, and at that point was a three shot or a four shot lead. And, and then I'm hits, dancing, I'm dancing in the lounge room, like woohoo! Pretty much unbeatable <laughs> from there. And uh, then he carves one up seventeen. You must have been going, "Oh, what are you doing? What are you doing there for?" <laughs> yeah, it was a bit, it was a bit wild that one. But yeah, I mean, he he just plays so well. Like, and, and as I said on the coverage, like he just takes the big number out of play, and that's exactly what he did. Let's, let's not go for the hero shot. Let's not like try and save par, but make a big number. Let's just hit it back out in the fairway, chip on, and try and save par that way. But the worst we're making here is bogey. Yeah, absolutely, and bogey was never going to hurt him. So, and he you know. and he did that on one of the early holes on the front nine. I think it was the sixth hole or or the fifth where he hit in the water. The sixth, playing the hardest hole on the course all, all yeah. week. You know, how about that on the second day? I think it's the hardest hole in twenty years. That that yeah. sixth hole, yeah, crazy. But yeah, he hits it in the water, and you think, oh, hang on a sec, what's going on here? But you know, just hits it up there, makes bogey, no dramas, no stress. Yep, and. And that's a big thing to sort of take out for all of us, you know, like, all right, weigh your options up. Yeah, you might be able to go over the tree and bring it back around to the green. But what's going to happen, try try and think ahead, what's going to happen if it doesn't work? Yeah, what's what's the big percentage shot? What's the shot that's got the highest percentage to get back into play? You know, a lot of people just take the low percentage shot. Oh, there's a window there. If I hit my seven iron up through that window... (laughs) And it's you've got to hit the seven iron one hundred percent pure to get yep. it there, and you've obviously not hitting it too great because you put yourself in that position already. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. All, all of a sudden, you think you've got the pure shot up up your sleeve that you've been hanging on to, you know. <laughs> and oh, it's it's awesome when you do it. When you go, hey boys, yo, I've just been hitting it like shit all day, and now you're in the trees. And when you pull that one off, you're like, hell yeah, I'm going to remember that one. But yeah, think think about okay, I'm in the trees. I'm not that great. Like, so w- why am I picking a two foot window that's 15 feet in the round and it's got to go for 15 meters through this hole and bush of trees and then it will come out on the green? Yeah, no. Just so, knock it out. Take the high percentage play. Yeah. Knock Take it back into medicine. play. Trust your wedges or your, you know, your, your short game and, and your putter, really. That's the way to go. I mean, that's, you know, to, to play better golf and, you know, um, get your handicap down, it's, it's not about making birdies. It's about not making doubles yes. and triples. You know, t- count how many doubles and triples you're making around. If you can eliminate some of those, how many three putts do you have in around? If you can eliminate some of those, you know, your your scores will get better. 
And penalty shots too. Yeah, try not to hit it in a hazard. Yeah, penalty shots off the tee. You can eliminate those and, yeah, absolutely, you're going to save shots. You know, it's, it's, it sounds simple, um, but, yeah, it's, it's a lot between the ears and just, trying to hero shots, not going to do it for you. Just just while we're talking, because we talk a bit about handicaps this, this um, episode, so another thing that I think big on, on handicaps is, okay, if your handicap's 20 and you get two shots on one hole, that's your part. Don't try and make... Like, if it's a par four and you get two shots, your par is six. Yes, it's nice when you make a four, but your par is six. So you get your tee shot, your second shot. Okay, now you're playing par. Like, another way to sort of think of it, and that's how well, I got my handicap down is, and it takes a bit to notice that, but when you start to think, okay, this is a six for me, and you, you'll end up making a five or you'll make a four in there because your mindset has sort of changed. Absolutely, yeah. You know, so use what you've got. And yeah, because you have a 20 marker, you're not meant to make a four in that hole, and you will. And, you know, there's holes where you're not meant to birdie and you birdie the hardest hole or whatever. But yeah, use your handicap in that way. And then you go, okay, well, I've made a five there. So I picked up one. So now on on the next hole that I struggle with, because obviously there's holes that you like that don't like and they rate differently. Okay, I've I've got a spare shot now. So I'll use that on this hole where I hit a bad tee shot, sort of thing. Yeah, all of a sudden, you know, a par five that you, you can make a six on to get your two points. All of a sudden, if you make a seven and you, you make a one point, it doesn't matter. You made up mm. a point the previous hole. Yeah, right? exactly. So four holes, four four points in two holes, that's your goal, mm-hmm. you know, two points per hole. So you break it down that way and there's every course that you can break down to scoring holes and, you know, holes to be defensive on. Um, and they're not necessarily – by the index rating, they could be that just doesn't suit your eye, or I just don't have the I just don't have the right club in my bag on that par three. I'm always in between clubs or whatever it might be, or you know, par three I can't reach it. Um, I've got to hit a three wood, and there's water down the left hand side, and every time I hit me three wood, I hook it. Well, then maybe don't hit your three wood. We've spoken about this before. Maybe hit a club that doesn't get you to the water and turn it into a a par four. Mm-hmm. You know, hit your seven iron, hit a sand wedge onto the green, two putts walk off. If you hit it close enough and one putt it, hey, bonus. You know? Exactly. But take, it, taking that penalty shot out is the biggest, biggest thing that will save your strokes. Yeah, that's it. If you know, okay, yeah, I'm going to hit it, as you said, hit it in the water, well, then you've just, yeah, you just wasted another shot as well. So, yeah, take that out and see what you can do until you sort of get the momentum and think, well, actually, now I feel good. I feel like I can hit it over the water now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, use it. Use it to your advantage. I'm a, I'm a big sort of yeah mental mental game. That that's big. I really like that stuff. Hey, we spoke about the rough before, mm-hmm. you know, and the cabbage we call it. But you know, what do you think? You know, the the winning score was nine under. Yep. If you shot even par, you're in the top ten. Cam Smith had a great fourth round. We'll mention that. Um, shoot 65 to get to one under. He finished tied for ninth. So even par gets you in the top 10. Yep. Because the course was playing hard with the rough and, you know, the pin placements weren't drastic. The pin placements were somewhat gettable for most of the holes um, as long as you played smart and gave yourself a chance from the fairway. But they're talking about changing the golf ball and they talk about lengthening golf courses and all this stuff to make the game longer, harder, don't hit it as far. It's not about the guy that hits it the furthest. We've spoken about this. You know, look at the rough. The rough was the great equaliser there. Premium on ball striking and premium on putting. 
you know, Scotty Scheffler struck the dots off of it from tee mm-hmm. to green, just didn't putt it in the hole, right? Bad putting week. But if he has a good putting week, he wins by six, you know? Yeah, Brooks exactly. Kepka drove the ball in the fairway, hit a lot of greens, made a lot of putts. Mm-hmm. For me, Corey Connors in the third round, big takeout, striped it off the tee. Absolutely couldn't miss it off the tee until the 16th hole, right? But played so conservatively off the fairway to the green that just didn't give himself any good, decent looks at birdie. You know, made easy pars. But, and, mate, look, what I'm getting at is we don't need the length in golf courses. We don't yeah. need to change the ball, you know. No, exactly. And, you know, I'm not saying that your local golf club should raise their rough to six inches. Like, we don't want that. That's not for us. They've got spotters. It'll just slow the game right down, and we don't want that. But we don't also want a rollback of the ball. We don't need that. We're not that good of players. So when you play at these tour levels, that's what the rough should be like. They've got spotters. We're just playing our club golf. Let us do what we do. But on the TV and stuff, give them the long rough. They've got spotters there so they can find their balls, and it's a big advantage if you hit the fairway. If you're the better player, you hit the fairway, and that's the way. I think, yeah, I think you're exactly right there. I think, it's, you- I think it's the other way for your club, for a lot of clubs out there and club golf out there. I think as soon as they the greenkeepers cut and roll the greens or they cut the fringes nice and tight around the greens, scores go up because mm-hmm. players aren't used to playing those conditions most of the time of the year. You know, you come to your club championships most of the time and you've played your course week in, week out, and club championships, all of a sudden they're going to cut and roll the greens <laughs> and you rock up on the first round of club championships and all of a sudden the greens are you know, running Rolling 12 on the stint meter. <laughs> There were eight last week, man. What's going on? Exactly. It's club championships. We have to do it. Yeah, well, you could have given me some warning. And what happens? (laughs) The cream rises to the top, right? Yeah. So the guys that make the adjustment, they, you know, the better golfers generally make the adjustment quicker and and cope with that. But the average golfer, he's just had a, he just puts down, it's just, I'm having a bad day because I can't putt it in. Oh, he probably has six or seven three putts. And thinks he's putting bad, whereas last week he didn't. He didn't have those. It's just he didn't adjust to the greens. Yeah. You know? So there are ways to make courses play harder. Is what I'm saying. Not not change the ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Michael Block didn't talk about his hole in one. Oh Jesus! How did we forget <laughs> that? <laughs> so the fifteenth. Um, so he, you know, he's one over the one over for the top fifteen. He's playing for the top fifteen to qualify for the um, PGA next year. Yep. That's his goal. And because um, he obviously knew he couldn't win it, he's playing with Rory. You know, crowds following him all day, crowds cheering him. Rory comments, oh, "I can't believe this. I've played with some of the best players in the world and never had this sort of reaction going on around me." Um, but then on the par three fifteenth, he slam dunks it straight in the hole, rips half the half the ground out of the cup, and um, didn't see it go in. Everyone's cheering. Rory's come back high five, and Rory's caddy's high five, and. And he's gone. Oh well, yeah, it was a good shot. Sort of tipped his hat to the to the cheer, but didn't realise it went in the hole. Oh, how cool was that? And it just even when they slow mo, you're like, oh yeah, it went in. And he couldn't believe it just went in. That was yeah, that was pretty cool. I had to re rechange the cup and all that stuff. That was that was awesome. Like what I wasn't sure it went fairy, in. What an end to a fairy tale week for him. He's like, can anything else happen? Like this is amazing. This just gets better and better. I'm playing with Rory McIlroy. I've played some great golf this week and I've just got a hole in one. Like, I'm telling this story forever. Yeah, he held up his <laughs> card to the camera and wrote the number one and circled it and made sure everyone saw it, you know. And the only, uh, only one of the week and Rory's like, bloody hell, this is ridiculous. Rory, 
I think Rory might have made a par there, but he played that hole on the weekend in three shots. Mm-hmm. He birded it the day before and and hole in one on the on the <laughs> Sunday. Like anyone would have taken that. Oh, absolutely you know, for sure. You'd be stupid if you didn't. Yeah, <laughs> mate. Good on him. I think they said twenty eighth uh, hole in one on the PGA Championship. So he goes into the record books for that. Yeah, probably picks up a nice bit of crystal to go with his nice check for you know. And he and he hangs in there, makes. Two unbelievable up and down. So he bogeys 16 to go back to one over, um, which puts him in, you know, on that 15th sort of tied 15th spot. And he's got 17 and 18, two hard finishing holes. He makes an unbelievable up and down on 17 for par. And then this hits his second, ball, second shot on 18 into the gallery, <laughs> left, why and not join them, eh? They're all cheering you. Go in and see them. Pretty much. And they're all crowding <laughs> around him. He's giving high fives and all the rest of it. And it wasn't an easy up and down oh, by no any way. stretch of the imagination. And he flops it, you know, just makes it on the green, rolls it up to the and, – and bins the eight-footer that we've been oh. talking about for Justin, um, Thomas, and, and Jordan to make the cut. Well, he's got this putt all of a sudden to hang in there and finish tied 15th and qualify for the PGA next year. Next year. And it just – Trickles oh. into the hole by half a roll. I and, thought he left it short. And they said that it was the crowd willing it in that got it in the hole. Yeah. <laughs> it, and it, and that just, yeah, that was that was awesome because, that I mean, he would have had a great week even if he missed that putt, but that just sealed the deal like, I'll see you next year. This has been great. Let's keep going. Yeah, absolutely. I think he was he was as big a winner as Brooks Kepka. For sure. Oh, absolutely. Like he wasn't, you know, he wasn't thinking to, like obviously it would have been nice if he won, but he was just thinking, I'm just happy to be here. I'm not ex- I'm not expected to be in the position I am in and I'm doing it with these guys. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. And now he's playing this weekend in the Charles Swab. Like what a, what a difference a week can do for him. Oh, mate, that's awesome. Yeah, that'll be, be awesome. He backs it up again you know, next week, um, gets, a, gets a run, or a sponsor's exemption or something. So mm-hmm. good on him. Go for it. Yeah, absolutely. No, that was cool. Hopefully he makes the cut again. Yeah, exactly right. Why not? Why not? Why not? Exactly. <laughs> yep. All right, mate. So have we got any questions from the listeners this week? We do, yeah. So you can, you can send us an email at golfers at gmail.com. Or you can message us on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok, and yeah, we'll read them out on air when we get a chance. So yeah, we've got a bit of a longer episode this one, so but we'll read read a couple of questions out. So we've got one from Paul, and he says, when you're playing an Ambrose or a Foursomes, what are you looking for in a playing partner? Are you looking to have fun or are you looking to win? What are your thoughts, mate? Uh, two different questions there. So in an Ambrose, um, I'm, I'm looking for a, uh, probably a, a mid-range marker that hits the ball a long way, you know. Um, I generally take my partner, um, my missus on an Ambrose team. You know, like if we're talking a Holden scramble, or sorry, it's a Volkswagen scramble now, if we're talking a scramble event, uh, and if it's an elimination scramble, that's a different story. You you want a, probably a, a lower handicap guy. So you have two sort of consistent lower handicap guys mixed with a, a you know, like a mid-handicap and a, an eye handicap because – you lose predominantly. You lose one of them good players to play the the second shot. Um, you know what I mean. So, but um, you know, you know, just a, a four person Ambrose. I'm looking for a mid range handicapper that hits the ball a long way, really, because hmm. a bit like the Bryson mentality. 
if they can hit it off the tee and they've got to get three drives away um, and they can maybe get five or six drives in, then that's an advantage. takes a bit of pressure off me. You know, I'll, I'll find the fairway. Um, and then a, a high handicapper that can chip and putt, really, you know. Yeah, I think I think you're right there. Like, to me, Ambrose is a bit of fun, you know. So you just out there, have a bit of fun, have a laugh, have a cool day. Foursomes, on the other hand, yeah, you don't want to have, you know, unless, yeah, again, you want to have a bit of fun. But I think, yeah, if you've got a 32 marker with a scratch marker or lower marker, they're hitting it in the, not to say that it's wrong, but they're hitting it in the trees, you're hitting it out. They're, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, if you, foursomes, have, if you just want to, if you just want to have fun it doesn't them, work. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't work in foursomes. So in foursomes, yeah. I look for a player that's of a similar caliber quality player to me. Um, and whether they hit it further or shorter doesn't really matter, provided it's not too much shorter. I mean, I'm not the longest hitter, so if you're hitting it shorter than me, then, um, yeah, it can, can uh, put a bit of pressure on, on the other person's game uh, on the, the two shots that you, you, you hit. You're hitting a longer iron into some of the greens. But uh, I think foursomes where it's alternate shot, you want a player that's of a similar caliber to you, if not probably even better. Yep. Um, that's what I'll be looking for. I'll be looking for a similar quality, if not better, player. Uh, and back myself to to keep up with that better player for most of the day. I that's think, what I did yeah. with you, mate. <laughs> Play with a better player, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think that's a good one. Ambrose, bit of fun. Doesn't really matter if you hit a bad shot, but I think foursomes. If you play with someone around your level, I think you'll have a better day that way. Unless you really know the bloke and you're like, yeah, we'll just have a bit of fun. But sort of make that clear at the start of the day what you're doing in that event as well. Yeah, it's a bit like a four-ball. I don't know if it means foursomes or a four-ball best ball, but it's a four-ball best ball. Um, again, I'd be looking for a, a mid-range marker that I know hits the ball good, who's consistent. I'd be looking for someone that I know consistently plays around their handicap. Um, you know, and has, and, a, has a good day in them every now and then. Yeah, and if they have a, if they have a good day and you have a good day and you contribute with some birdies or you're going to pick up the, you know, if you get three shots and you you know you're going to par or par those three where you get shots on and it takes the pressure off, off them. Um and then if they're playing consistent, you know, you can be more aggressive and try and make some three-pointers or four-pointers somewhere. Yeah, exactly. We've got one more one more email before we go. So we're talking last week about preferred lies on the fairways. You love it. It would be good if they could preferred lie only – oh, sorry, this was from Brett. If they could preferred lie just on the fairway you were playing. So if you slice one way out onto the other fairway, do you think you should get preferred lie? Well, it would never affect me because I probably hardly miss the fairway that I'm playing. Um, <laughs> what? So, <laughs> Who is this guy? And, and I Show don't, hit, I don't hit it far enough to hit it two fairways over. So, uh, probably would never benefit me that rule. But I just think uh, a little bit hard to police. Maybe you know, it's either preferred lie on the short grass or it's preferred lie through the green. That's the two yeah, options. That's a good so, point. Too, too yeah. hard to police. Yeah, I suppose you can't go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, but it does annoy you when you sort of just miss it a little bit. You're in the rough, and then people spray it way right or left or whatever, and they're getting preferred light, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I get preferred light." It's like stuff you, man. You hit the worst, worst shot, and you're getting you're getting away with it. Yeah, but that's like the people that yeah, you know, the stats people. You know, they'll hit it a fair way across to the next fairway and go, "Oh, that's a stat." I'm like, "Is it? <laughs> Is it really a stat? Because that's not where you wanted to hit it." You Are know? you counting that? Are you going back to your pro and saying I hit yeah this many fairways? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, yeah, yeah. I hit thirteen fairways. None of them were the fairway that I wanted to hit it on, but I, I hit a fairway. You know, yeah, it doesn't work. 
So uh, it's like hitting the wrong green. Yeah, I hit I hit the green. It wasn't my green, but I, I got the green. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh mate, that's great. <laughs> so yeah, guys, um if you got an email, you got a question, feel free to email them into us. If you can keep it short, that'd be even better. But if you've got a story to tell, that's cool. Um, just makes it easier to read out on air, that's for sure. Yeah. Thanks for listening and uh, now, happy golfing. And sorry, just one thing. Brooks Kepka now, right? Remember he won he won the US PGA. Do you remember that? Just a couple of days ago? Yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> Mate, this is this is big now. So cause lives they're sort of getting rid of guys, they're not allowed to play in the majors. This is big now. He's got five years exemption into all the majors. So that's pretty that's a pretty big draw card for him because he his run was about to run out next year, I think it was, of majors because he of the last win. So this is cool for him. Next five years, he's playing live and he's playing majors. That's that's a great thing, I thought. Yeah, that's a massive point, mate. Yeah, good on you for bringing that up because that and is I, massive. And, and that just goes to show these guys that win and get those exemptions, you know, that are on the live tour, they're coming back to these majors with the goal to win. That's what they're saying. We, we win a major, we, we get exemptions. We can get into all the majors for so many years. And some for some of them, that's going to be the only way that they're going to get in with unless the world ranking um, system changes. And, it out. Yeah. and I think that might have been a big thing for Cam Smith to move over. He just won the British Open. So he's got five years to win another major, and you'd like to see his chances be pretty good to win in the next five years. I mean, I know majors that don't just come by every day, but yeah, you'd like to think he could get a major within the next five years to keep that record. Because yeah, if you can get into the majors, who cares where else? Where else you're playing through the year, is it? Yeah, now, someone also mentioned to me um, after his win was, do you reckon they'll pick him for the Ryder Cup team? You know, so oh, that'll just be on that. How's Bryson going around with the Ryder Cup umbrella? Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> you didn't see that? He pops it up like, yeah, pick me for the Ryder Cup, yo. So. I, I see he marched out all his new um, branded clothing. Yeah, so he's I got saw the, that. The Crushers logo on the on the hat and the shirt, but he's got the Bryson DeChambeau logo on everything too now mm-hmm. on his bag and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, branded himself out there. So exactly. Why not? Figures he doesn't need doesn't need sponsors, doesn't need Cobra. So no, that's Cobra, it. If Cobra's listening, reach out. We'll take you. Or Shrixen, or Taylor Maid. If anyone's listening, reach out. If you're looking for players to sponsor, we'll help you out. We'll help you out. We'll give you some coverage. Yep. So, mate, that's it for this week. What a what an awesome week, man. I'm so happy. I'm I've been buzzing, mate. We did something big on the weekend that's coming next week, and I just I can't wait to drop that. Brooks Kepka wins this week. It's been a massive this week, mate. Yeah, it's been on a awesome, massive high. Mate. So, <laughs> and just a little insight, mate. You're gonna love next week's show. Like, if you're as pumped as we are, we can't wait to release it. Yep. Until then, <laughs> happy, happy golfing, golf guys. Thanks for listening to another episode from the Two Happy Golfers. Until next week, happy golfing. <laughs>